I'll see you day day. Let's go. This ain't no takeout. Welcome to the steakhouse. Come on in. This ain't no takeout. You're entering the steakhouse. The three strikes. Things I learned. Let's talk it. What's on your mind? Is it a falcon? Yeah. Gray? Huh? Hawks? Yeah. You're nine it. They're barking. They're biting. When them dogs get excited. Uh, it's steak. It's Sandra. Rusty and Drew New Anthem. 10-04. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We've been doing this Leaders Series uh, about a year and a half. Or kind yeah. of when we started. Talked to some of the most impressive folks around uh, Metro Atlanta and the state of Georgia. And uh, this... This young lady definitely fills that role. Lauren Coots, who's the president CEO of the YMCA of Metro Atlanta. Great yes. to see you. Great to see you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So how many people, how many uh, buildings, how many folks <laughs> um, are a part of, of what you guys do on a day-to-day basis? Well, we're 166 years old. We're actually the oldest nonprofit in Atlanta, but I like to call us a 166-year-old startup because we have to continue to innovate and understand what communities want and need. Um, We have about 35 different locations, which includes early learning, kind of YMCAs that you think of with the gym and and a pool and youth activities to resident camps, about 60 after-school locations. Um, Yeah, so we cover the the metro region. So any given day, how many uh, kids may find their way through a YMCA in the course of a day? I mean. Thousands? uh, Yeah, thousands. 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 Mm -hmm. Right? And you have been uh, the CEO for how long? Almost five years. But I've been with the Y for 12. So explain the business. And we'll talk about the patch and the Mm -hmm. Hawks Mm -hmm. and how that deal happened. And um, we'll talk about your fascinating stories about COVID and and whatnot. But... um, how uh, how do you get involved? What's your background in terms of this is a huge job? I know you're also on the national board also, right? Do some things there, yeah. Yeah, for the YMCA. So um, what, what's a background to end up at a CEO presidency of a job like that? Well, I first started in sports marketing okay. um, back in the day, 1996 uh, Olympics, and spent about three years working uh, for Lonnie Cooper at Career Sports mm. Management. And um, then after I got an MBA, I jumped to the nonprofit area, which everyone thought it was crazy, um, but I really wanted to get into a role where I could start to make an impact in the community. I grew up in a small town and kind of searching for that sense of community here in Atlanta when I moved here, and so um, just jumped right into it, and uh, over the course of many years, got to work with some great organizations, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, um, but really, I think my career changed when I worked at Cox Curry and Associates, which is a consulting firm that really works with every nonprofit in Atlanta. And you really kind of understand the lay of the land. You understand how the for-profit, nonprofit kind of government sectors all work together. Mm -hmm. Um, I was so fortunate to be on the team that was part of the Save Grady Hospital campaign, probably one of the biggest honors of my life. Um, just because, you know, I don't think people really understood at that time that it was the only level one trauma center in Atlanta. And if you don't have that, you can't have major sporting events. You can't have big concerts. They don't come here without that type of um, access. So um, from there, really made the jump to the why. Came in as the chief development officer, which means I raise money. Um, and after a few years, uh, the board and leadership saw something in me and gave me a chance to expand um, what I do into operations. And that in 2019 became the internal candidate uh, when they did a national search. How many folks work for you? Um, About 2,000. About 2,000. So leadership, 
how you grow into that, what you know, where does it come from, who are your mentors, how does all that play out? What a great question. Um, you know, I think I really looked up to my parents first and foremost, and I had teachers that, you know, I look back at and I really can appreciate them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I've learned as much from people I've worked for that weren't great leaders as yep. I have in terms of working for people who were great leaders. I, I think the biggest mentor in my life was Ann Curry, who um, was the principal of Cox Curry and Associates. Um, she was just one of those people who was super strategic. I always say, like, being in a meeting with her was like that queen's gambit. She could just, like, look at the <laughs> ceiling and move everything around. And, you know, this person's connected with this person. And she could just make things happen. And so just by osmosis, I kind of learned how to do that same thing. What happens to the why during that COVID period where there are thousands and thousands of kids that rely on it for after-school programs, rely on it as, you know, for the uh, for meals in some cases or their school for meals, right? Right. And the why, like how big a crisis? That was right at the beginning of your run, right? Yes. I, I had a few months under my belt when COVID happened. And yeah, so if you think about, we serve about 3,000 children birth to five every day in one of our early learning centers. We have a large Head Start contract, which means we're serving a lot of families that are living at poverty or below. Um, and so we're feeding those kids a hot breakfast and lunch. Um, in after-school programs, um, feeding kids a hot dinner. So we knew when we had to close our doors that there were a lot of children who were not in school and there were a lot of children who weren't in after-school programs, and we really were concerned about where they were going to sure. be able get to a eat. Meal. Yeah, yeah, get a meal. Yeah. I think get a meal. Yeah, and so we have four commercial kitchens, and so we started firing up all the food we had, and we started putting it out there you know, to all of the families that we serve. You can come to one of our parking lots, and we'll have meals ready for you to pick up. And then word got out. We ended up working with the Atlanta Braves. They called and said, we hear you're doing this. Um, We've got a ton of food since we don't have a season. Um, We'll cook it and you guys come get it. So over the course of about six months, we ended up having a a network of 68 partners and we served 600,000 meals out of a YMCA parking lot here in Atlanta. Oh my gosh. And then the other piece was, you know, those who worked on the front lines of COVID, doctors, nurses, med techs, firefighters, police officers, they didn't have the luxury of working from home. So we ended up working with every major hospital system in Metro Atlanta and offering emergency childcare for those working on the front lines of COVID. So we turned our buildings literally um, almost overnight with the support of the state of Georgia and licensing into you know, childcare. And we were doing it in masks and with temperatures and gloves. And, you know, people would say, how do you have a five-year-old, you know, have space around them? We, we move them with hula hoops, right? It's just to make sure that, you know, everybody was safe. And, and we served um, about 3,000 kids over the course of that, at that time in those programs. So, you know, I think what we had to ask ourselves is what skill sets and did we uniquely have that we could positively impact people in such a difficult time of uncertainty? Um, so it was it was very interesting, but I, I think it made the organization more resilient and um, really kind of re-in- reintroduced us to the public of kind of who we were and what we are beyond kind of maybe what people had thought. Unsung heroes. I've <laughs> never heard of this before. I've never heard that story, Lauren, and shame on me. That's no. tremendous. Well, if you think about the massive uh, crisis, uh, first of all, families, that, I mean, this is where the why raises a lot of kids, right? Absolutely. You know, and and you don't have that. You didn't have school, so they're not getting their meals there, right? I mean, you're seeing stuff that, frankly, um, you know, there's a lot of privileged listeners listening that don't understand, uh, or working parents. So you're go you're going zero to five for parents that are working. You're taking care of those kids, right? 
Absolutely. So again, we're at early learning. We're in after school. We're in summer day camp, which sounds like it's a nice to have, but that's working. That's um, child care for working families, right. teen programs. I mean, it's it's all year. It's all day. How much passion do you meet athletes, professional athletes? Get this deal with the Hawks. Now we'll talk about that. Who talk about what the why, especially the Atlanta Metro Atlanta Ys, have done in certainly some tougher neighborhoods than than just yeah. the, the the you know the more normals some of the suburban stuff that people maybe listening grew up with. Yeah, I mean I think you you think about some of our locations like our Andrew and Walter Young Family YMCA in Southwest Atlanta, our villages at Carver YMCA. I mean these are wise that honestly, you know, 80 to 90% of the people in the building are there on some level of scholarship or financial assistance we've provided and it's just so critical to be in all communities. Every community is unique and different and so we talk about having freedom in the framework. We have to make sure that when we're in a community, we're listening and we're providing what families and, and kids need. And so we have a program that I just love at those two Ys called Boys and Young Men of Color. And it's all about mentoring. It's all about bringing um, African-American successful men in and helping young boys, middle school, high school, understand that they have pathways and opportunities um, that maybe they're not seeing outside of their front door. So you got a few thousand people working for you. What's the best way to get in trouble with the boss when you are uh, when you're working in one of these organizations or a manager or something along those lines? What are the what are the rules? I'm gonna, uh, like, how do you know you're in, you're in bad way with Lauren Coots? If you tell me it's not your job, or if you tell me we've already done that before and don't try it, <laughs> you don't like to hear that, right? I don't like to hear that. How are we with like being on time for meetings and things like that, or just like yeah, are pretty you pretty prompt. strict about that? Pretty prompt, yeah. But you're. Uh... But I'll start the meeting if you're not there. It's okay. Right, right. <laughs> Um, when we come back, I want to talk about, first of all, it's a massive deal, the NBA and the Y, right? Yes. How, how much do you love those patches? Oh, my uh, gosh. I love them. I wear my custom jersey around the office on a regular oh, that's basis. Great. Yeah. <laughs> that's no small deal. And the history of the Y in basketball, we'll talk about. Also, I got fired up this morning. I saw the Cam Newton video. I just showed it to you. Yeah. Kind of like the anti-Y mindset. Is that safe to say? I think that's safe to say. <laughs> yeah. My kids played at the Y. I never saw something like that before, right? Um, so we'll talk about that as well. Lauren Coots is live in studio. She is the president, CEO of the Metro Atlanta YMCA. Lots to talk about. And we continue on Leaders, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. The Game. Ten twenty-three on the number one sports talk radio station, the Southeast. It's uh, the Steakhouse. Steak Shapiro, Sandra Golden, Lauren Coots is here. She's the big wig. She's a very important, powerful lady. CEO, President, Metro Atlanta YMCA, and uh, they do such amazing work all over the world, but especially uh, here in Atlanta. Ten o'clock hour. Um, man cave store mancavestore.com you guys right there in norcross pop in play some video games you want a custom tool pool table with like the big florida state head in the middle or of course georgia or georgia tech so, so mancavestore.com my kids have played in the y i guess it's the buckhead y the mark uh what is sanders. it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the sanders y off of uh, moore's mill no not that one the one in uh near marist Oh, yeah, Coward. Coward, coward yes, y. yeah. I'm going to quiz you on every wise title. <laughs> I got so, it. Okay, no, let, not that one. <laughs> yeah, so, so that is the Buckhead Y, the Sanders one, which is all, they're, they're great facilities. They are. Really, really nice. 
Um, we didn't have a lot of what happened. Where was that day day? What town was that seven on seven that came? It was here. It was in Atlanta. Yeah, no, I know. I was just wondering. What, oh, where. what part? I'm not sure what part of town, but yeah, it was here in Atlanta. So, like, I had a rant this morning to start the show that. Cam Newton and then that entire everybody around that should be so humiliated with what that that was like the antithesis of everything you're trying to teach young people, coaches, kids, sportsmanship, discipline, um, uh, uh, a way to treat. I mean, and and the fact that that Cam Newton, who by the way, I'm not going to get in a soapbox about what I've heard about him in the past, been thrown out of these tournaments before, but like. My kids played in all the Y leagues, right? And I know this is a different deal, but it's still these are young people, high school kids that are watching coaches brawl, throw haymakers, act a fool in front of parents, coaches, everybody else. What did you think of when you saw that stuff? Well, it just makes me sad for the kids because you know, no matter you know, no, no matter the kid, no matter the neighborhood, a lot of kids really need a healthy coach influence in their lives and and for many people you know you ask people kind of who was the biggest impact in your life and you're going to hear a coach and I think that's what really makes me sad is you have these young men who many of them are looking for you know a coach or a father figure to look up to and you know if that's what they're seeing as the norm and and someone that's so famous um, that's going to sink in and so I think you know for us we talk a lot about youth sports really being a vehicle for character development and for learning how to play on a team and for resilience right. and grit. Um, we think those are the important parts of it. A lot of studies done about business leaders and um, you know folks who have done great things in their life. The impact that playing sports, or just say the age old thing about you get bad grades, I'm going to pull you out of sports, and then the research suggests that you're going to probably do worse if your kid doesn't have that outlet or whatever it is, right? Absolutely. All, all the research I'm sure you've seen on that type of stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, the more that we can engage kids in what they're passionate about, the more likely they're not going to obviously get in trouble. And so I think youth sports are such a critical part of our communities. You know, I think what's kind of sad, though, is you're starting to see so many kids get to you know sixth or eighth grade and age out. And if they're not super hyper-competitive, um, they don't feel they have a place anymore to play. And so that's one of the reasons that we extend our programming for teens. We still, you know, do basketball and soccer and all these other sports for teens because, you know, they still need a place to have an outlet. They may not be on the super competitive travel team or maybe even the Or make the high school team. Right. I mean, listen, trying to play varsity sports in Atlanta or in these travel teams or the travel teams, they'll, tra- they'll take your money and have a fifth team, right? You know, uh, <laughs> like, oh, is it? <laughs> You have five teams? Yeah, we got a fifth team we're putting together. So give me $800 and you'll travel. You'll go to Dahlonega. You won't go to Tennessee. Uh, but but, but the, the reality is, yeah, it's hard to make those teams as a female or, you know, young female or male athlete. And the why is trying – I mean, let's cut to the chase about single-parent homes where a dad's not in the house. You're – you hear these athletes say that the YMCA coaches raised them yeah. or had a major impact, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we hear that all the time. People, you know, come back, they call us, they talk about the impact the Y has had in their life. I mean, just even when we get to the Hawks, speaking about Trey Young, you know, he credits the YMCA. That's where he started playing three-year-old basketball. So you just, it has such an impact on people's lives. And I really do believe that Kids are stronger when they have supportive coaches and adults in their life, teachers that really care about them and that kids know they care about them. And that's one of the reasons that we work with really all the sports 
teams in town, the United, the Falcons, the Hawks, you know, everybody really to provide our volunteer coaches with training so they understand how to show up on that field and be a good influence and a good role model. The single greatest thing I just read this past week was talking about kids playing sports, and they were talking about the teenagers. The best thing they can do is have a ball in their hands because they can't have a phone in it at the same time. Love that. Social media. I know, isn't that good? So good. Yeah. Because the social media and the torment, especially on girls, well, I shouldn't even say especially on but girls. No, but it I'm is. hearing more about the 13-year-old girl mm-hmm. and the bullying. Awful. If they're in soccer, if they're on the – whatever they're doing, you don't have a phone in your that hand. That is a great well, – listen, I, every parent I talk to, they don't care for the most part. And I have had every end of it. Listen, we used to talk, make fun of make fun of Bobby. Listen, he's my son. We can joke about it. Like He wasn't the best athlete for years, and he's immatured into it. But it was like – I don't care what he's doing as long as he's outside running around yeah. enjoying what he's doing and not gaming mm-hmm. and not, you know, get with his phone. That's the biggest battle there is. You got two kids, right? Yeah, I've got a 20-year-old and a 17-year-old and neither of them have really ever been into video games, um, which I'm thankful for, but yes. a lot of it is to do with sports. My, yeah. you know, my son's played Youth football, youth basketball, youth soccer. He's a right. huge golfer now, so he's outdoors all the time. Right, but that's a great. I mean, like we're fighting that battle. Absolutely. They every day. wear you down. Like by the time of the, like, I don't have the strength anymore. I know, you know, we know what's going on in there, and uh, I'll try to set limits with the phone and everything else. All right, so I know the patches of like banks, and for a while it was crypto, right? But that went south. Or, but it's a very commercial marketed high-profile corporate thing, the NBA patch, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So you're a nonprofit, right? Yes. So how do you end up with one of the most uh, visible, you know, marketing corporate deals, which I assume is not, you know, uh, you know, the Hawks are in the, in the business to make money as well, right? Right. So how does that deal happen that you guys now have the NBA patch? Well, it really all starts with Andrew Saltzman. I've got to give him credit. I know him. Salsa, shout out. (laughs) Yes. He's uh, the chief (laughs) revenue officer for the Atlanta Hawks and State Farm Arena, and he's a big fan and supporter of the Y here in Atlanta. And he really talks about his dad's experience at a Y up in New York and how that saved his life in terms of his health. And so um, he's been involved with us for five or six years, and um, he was actually at a YMCA conference of COOs, and he was speaking about creating a great experience based on what he does with the Atlanta Hawks. And he said he came off the stage and he looked at the Y step and repeat, and he thought, wow, that logo would look great on an NBA jersey, specifically the Atlanta Hawks NBA jersey. Oh, wow. And uh, he gave us a call and said, I think I have this, this idea that we need to explore. And so within, you know, a week, uh, we're sitting down with he and Steve Coonan, and we're talking about kind of how this may work. And you know, the way it really happened was, you know, you they got the they got Tony and Jamie and the owners really excited about this. And I think it speaks to the fact that the Atlanta Hawks really are a civic asset and they really are interested in impacting community on the ground level. Perfect. And they really saw that by partnering with us the organization that invented basketball in 1891. Um, in Springfield, Massachusetts right. at a Y. At a Y. James Dr. Naismith, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. Yeah. So it really made total sense. You know, like, here we are. We invented the game. We're working with kids in youth sports, including basketball, every single day, year-round. And they really were willing to kind of sit down and get creative and think about how we could create a partnership unlike anything that's ever been seen. So this is the first time that – uh, a nonprofit logo has been on an NBA jersey, and we are just 
so excited. Adam Silver loves it from what I heard, right? Yes, yes. You heard that? I did hear that. Yeah. It's a perfect it's, marriage. Well, because it's like it's basketball brilliant. was born at a Y. It's terrific. With a peach basket, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, Bo Bach, I think, was there. He was one of the coaches. Oh, back he certainly was. Yeah. I remember seeing him in the uh, jersey, <laughs> yeah. the YMCA so, jersey. So uh, the 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 making you, you got a PNL and a bottom line, and you need to make money. So for every inner city scholarship mm-hmm. that's offered, and not just inner city, but a lot of it is there. You want the dude that's thinking about lifetime fitness or somebody else to say you don't need to spend that money, spend it with us, correct? Absolutely. And and write a check for your kid to play youth sports. So what's the business model of what that patch does to what drive membership? What it's, we, re- what? it's really everything. I mean, like I said, I think we're a hundred and sixty-five year old startup, and so for us, it's all about continuing to be relevant in the community. And I think, you know, one of the ways we can do that is by reaching kids. And making sure that they have a place like the Y to go and have programs like youth basketball to be a part of. So for us, you know, being aligned with a, you know, amazing brand like the Atlanta Hawks. And we think Atlanta Hawks being amazing, you know, aligned with a kind of global iconic brand like the Y only does good things for both. But, yeah, we have to have, you know, the way our model works is we do need people to pay full pay who can. And then we don't turn anyone away right. from a YMCA. We do a sliding fee scale and offer financial assistance. And so that's really the beauty of the Y is you might have someone who's a CEO working out right next to someone who's on a you know scholarship of 75%. From a, from a marketing perspective. Aren't people much more uh, don't don't they feel much better possibly of knowing that when I'm investing money in my gym, my gym's the why, which by the way, the facilities are awesome, right? Yes, of course. I yeah, love it. it's not like forty years ago when you no, walked into not a your, Y. Yeah, it's, it's not like your dad's Y. Yeah. 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 No, and, I, and you're spending money on a on a nonprofit. Right. That is a you know what I mean? I'd rather spend that than no offense to lifetime fitness. What do we owe lifetime fitness, right? Right. No, I mean it's a com- it's a community asset. It's where you can volunteer, it's where you can work out, it's where your kids can be there, you can be together as a family. So it really kind of is the heartbeat of any community where it is, and, and we love that. We feel like the Y should be kind of the most naturally uh, occurring, diverse organization in a community because we champion communities where everyone belongs. You can come into the Y and be exactly who you are. And you turn nobody away. Nobody's turned away. All right. When we, awesome. co- when we come back, I'm gonna t- we're going to talk about a phone call that changed the uh, – well, look good on your P&L, speaking of P&Ls, right? <laughs> you got a call a, a number of months yes. ago. From somebody decided is the biggest gift ever in uh, mm-hmm. Metro Atlanta history. Yeah, are we allowed to say who it is when we come back? Yeah, wow, staking Kimberly yeah. right in that kind of check. Yeah. That's impressive. <laughs> I mean, I knew the Shapiros were doing well. Good for you. Yeah, good no, for you. No, Lo- now I know why Lawrence here. Yeah. Now I see. We'll tell you that story. We'll play three strikes and uh, continue our leader segment. Ten o'clock hour brought to you by Man Cave Store. Visit Man Cave Store. Up your Man Cave game this season. Visit mancavestore.com. You probably heard of the family. Now you'll find out how big. Oh, we won't say what the number was, but it was big. We'll talk about that when we come back. Sports Radio 929 the game. In honor of Black History House. Make some damn noise. Sports Radio 929 the game. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Stake Shapiro, Sandra Golden, Lauren Coots co-hosting on the leader segment with us. She's uh, the uh, president and CEO of the Y here in Metro Atlanta. Uh, big game of the night, of course. I want to go see the Hawks YMCA patch. I mean, I'm not an idiot. I'll be down there tonight. Uh, Hawks and Jazz. Tip at 7.30. Our pregame begins right here on your home of the Hawks at 7 o'clock. So that's our big game of 
the night. I'll give you our three strikes questions. Also, if you just want to talk about the experience the YMCA was for you in your neighborhood where you grew up, um, you can do that. You're going to have to answer three strikes questions as well. And then you're going to get to hear one of our questions. We're going to answer it, um, the, the three of us, because, of course, I put us all in front of these questions in the break. Actually, before we do that, I do want to mention the biggest gift that you've ever received, which was in a time of a little bit of turmoil, peril, right? Absolutely. COVID? COVID, 2020. And um, because, again, we're a large organization and employ a lot of folks. um, And we had more than 500 full-time equivalent staff in 2019 across all of those 35-plus locations and 60 after-school sites. And the PPP, that first package, was written so that you could not receive any PPP if you had more than 500 employees. So in 2020, as we're doing that food work we talked about, as we're doing the emergency child care for those on the front lines of COVID, we did not get $1 of federal support relief. And, um, you know, really it was philanthropy. It was the Atlanta local philanthropy that have known us and know what we do, really stepping forward early to say, we're going to support what you're doing right now. We were you know, able to offer those child care programs, those emergency child care at low and or no cost. Right. Um, but, you know, as 2020 went on, we're still offering those types of programs, but we lost 50% of our membership, about 100% of our youth programs that right. year. Um, so it was, yeah, no it was league, tough times. No league fees coming in, nothing yeah, like that, very, right? Very tough. Yeah. So, so what happened? So uh, it's November 2020, and we've, you know, been getting up every day and putting on our armor and doing battle to make sure there's a why on the other side of whatever, you know, yeah, this whatever was. this thing ends. And um, I got this email um, from somebody uh, out in San Francisco that said, um, you know, can, can we talk? And so I picked up the phone, and uh, this, this person said, I work for, um, you know, a philanthropist, and, and they would like to make a gift to the YMC of Metro Atlanta. And, um, you know, I'm kind of like, okay, am I being catfished here? Like, this sounds, you know, whatever. And uh, but I get on the phone, and um, the person says, you know, uh, do you know who um, Mackenzie Scott is? And I'm thinking, I do know who Mackenzie Scott is. Um, she had recently, at that point, been divorced from Jeff Bezos of Amazon. Otherwise known as, I think she's the third richest person in the world, or right and up gives there. gives it away, yes. all the money. She gives all the money away. Yeah, and mm-hmm. this was very early on in that process. I think oh, maybe man. she had gone through kind of one round yeah. of giving before this. And so she said, um, you know. Great lesson for the men listening out there, too. You want, <laughs> you want to behave yourself, right? She got a nice settlement. Anyway, right. we continue. <laughs> so basically, I'm on the phone, and. This, this woman, her name was Lauren as well, and she said, you know, um, Mackenzie Scott wants to make a gift to your organization, and it was, you know, multiple million, uh, millions of millions dollars. Of millions dollars. of dollars. The biggest gift ever by a lot. Yeah, and uh, it really allowed— How'd she find you guys? So she has teams of people who are just looking around the country at good things that are happening. I mean, since then, she's given money to the Boys and Girls Club, to mm-hmm. HBCUs here in Atlanta, to Big Brothers, Big wow, Sisters. I mean, awesome. She really is an amazing, amazing philanthropist. And what was the craziest part? was they said, um, there are no strings attached to this. We've already done our background homework. We've looked at you. We've looked at your board. We feel good about making this gift. We know that you know best how to spend it, which never happens. Um, and all we want in return is a two-page report once a year for three That's years. That's crazy. And the thing cleared wow. your bank account. How, <laughs> how it, soon? Um, yeah, we. they said, we'll transfer the money today That's, if you need come it. Come on. No, they did. And and But you have oh to understand goodness. that at this point, we're really at our lowest. Again, we've lost half of our membership. We've lost our youth programs. We didn't get a dime of federal so support. You, so you go look at the bank account in the next two days, <laughs> and there is, man, I know the number, but it's millions and millions of dollars 
right there. Yeah, we set up a separate account, so okay. that would be restricted. Right. Um, and it, it had two keys. It had to have the board chair yeah, and me to turn it to make sure anything came out of it. But our friends at Truist, yeah, they were the first call we made. Right. They say, we got a little <laughs> bit of a deposit coming in, right? That's right. All right, yeah. here's our three strikes questions. The wow. uh, neighborhood hangout, i.e. gym, why, whatever it was, when you were, let's say, uh, what age should we say, 12? 12 Ended is perfect, yeah. 12. Yeah. Um, your most uh, impactful coach, mentor, shout out. Um, there's not a guy I know that doesn't have a favorite coach. A lot of them were their and little league coaches, yep. the nine or, or girls, mm-hmm. exactly right. Um, so who was it? I would say 90% are not your high school coach. 90% are probably not even your middle. Like there's somewhere along the line, one of these youth coaches was the guy mm-hmm. or the woman. And then because we were listening to YMCA coming back, um, which uh, is the village people. Give us the first music that you ever purchased. The first music. So for me, I bought a 45. We have uh, Alan O'Day, Undercover Angels. This may date Lauren. Too young to know this, but do you even know this song, Sandra? I love this song. Undercover Angel. First 45 I ever purchased. And they were what, 67 cents or something? Yeah, so I yeah. went, it was 89 yeah. cents. Yeah, there you go. You buy a little 45. Yeah. What was your uh, first music you purchased? Well, I, you know, Lauren's going to be of shocked because I'm kind of a fan still, but it was Barry Manilow, Mandy, and you're way too young to know. Oh, I do know that song. All right, silence, silence. <laughs> it's beautiful. This is powerful. <laughs> I like that we're holding hands during Absolutely. I feel like Swain. we're closer. It's very kumbaya in here. Big lead in. I remember all my life. The first music you ever purchased. <laughs> Lauren, what was yours? Um, I am a child of the 70s and 80s, and it was Duran Duran, yes. Hungry Like the Wolf, 84. Yes. I was 10 years old, yes. and I would blast that in my room. First music you purchased. So... Your hangout when you were 12, most impactful so coach slash mentor, give him a shout out or her, and the first music you ever purchased. This is not listening to your, you know, my mom listened to Barbara Streisand. I know you're shocked. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I know shocking. Well, I don't know. I don't want to upset people out there, but I don't know that you've heard, but Barry Manilow is gay. So is that it was, really is that breaking news? I, yeah. I'm sorry, did I upset yeah. you? I'm sorry. I, it upset me when I found out young, when I was young. And, oh really? And I was like, wow. I thought for sure Barry Manilow was going to be my boyfriend. It took 50. It did not go well. It took 50 years for him to come out. You realize that? And it was like I might have had an inkling surpri- earlier. Yeah, I was going to say that. least surprising news in history <laughs> when he came out at like 80. Anyway, oh. that's our three strikes. Those are good ones. Right now. So what's your take? I'm very upset. It's time for you to sound off with three strikes. Bring it the f*** on! On the Steakhouse. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Love to give your local Y a shout-out in the process as well. And we get two or three minutes. 404-726-0929. 404-726-0929. Hey, Tinker, you're on the air. How you doing, buddy? Hey, man. What's the uh, neighborhood hangout when you were 12? Uh, we we didn't have no venues. We straight old school. That we went. We played baseball in the street. All we right. played street ball. Your most impactful coach slash mentor. Shout out. Uh, football coach at Harrison High School. Uh, coach Hightower. He was a Vietnam vet. He didn't put up with nothing. First music you ever purchased. It was with my own money, 
And I bought it at Turtles Record Store over there on Fair Parkway, and it was Metallica's Black Album. Thanks, buddy. We've got a couple of lines available, 404-726-0929. I also, if you're following me on Twitter, at Sports Sandra, I just sent you the link to ymcatlanta.org. And uh, Lauren told us if you can get in before two days from now, the 29th, mm-hmm. no fee at all. So if you want to be a member, you can find out about having your kid go there. If you would like to volunteer, you want to talk about making yourself, your kids need to be bored, go volunteer at a YMCA. Or you're hiring for the summer, a ton of summer. Oh, oh my gosh. I need lifeguards. Good. I need camp counselors. If you want to be a lifeguard, we will pay for your you training. Pay. It's And we and do get, bonuses as well. These are paid jobs. Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely yeah, paid no, jobs. That's So awesome. many teenagers yeah. get their first job at a Y. Leo and Flowery Branch, what's the neighborhood hangout when you were 12? Hey, it was the Y, man. I played my flag football there first in the uh, park board. Where, where, where was it? It was in Wichita, Kansas, the YMCA. We started our first flag football there, and we hung out there. It was the reason I played football to this day. Awesome. Love Fantastic. Give me your uh, most impactful coach slash mentor. George Whitfield, Wichita Heights, father of the quarterback guru. Nice. Yep. And your fa- uh, first music you purchased? <laughs> 45 Kung Fu Fighting. Oh, that's a great one. <laughs> that's awesome. That's strong. We may have to come back with that after the break. Thanks for the call, my friend. Yes, indeed. Lauren, great to have you in studio. I hope this was fun. It was a blast. I, I want to come back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Good. Anytime. Next time you just can co host. We don't talk about all this why stuff. We'll oh, just I know. hang out, right? I totally We'll do. talk about our lunch at Fox Brothers. Oh, something so like that, right? So good. Um, thanks to Lauren. Thanks uh, as we continue our leaders segment. We'll come back, say hi to Andy and Randy. By the way, they got Terry Fontenot and Raheem Morris on the show coming up. Fantastic. Both of them wow. live from Indy. Wow. This is where all the stars hang out on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.